Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning to the brave travelers of District District 45 Zebra Alpha Golf 9. You're out there in the salt deserts searching for a scrabble fl flower. You haven't had water in a day. You're searching for an oasis. Off in the distance, you, you see palm trees. You see water. You see a beautiful woman. Her name is Deborah. Because today is Wednesday, June the 7th, 2023, Bo It's right around 9.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time in Scompton, Utah. I don't know what time it is where you're at, but it's probably right about the right time for you to be working hard at your job and writing code and putting out an email and finishing a project plan. Oh, you have some little blurb you need to write. Oh, you need to update your WordPress site. Oh, you better update your products. the headlines on Zero Hedge. Just as a reminder, Zero Hedge is your last chance saloon. It's your last stop, McGee. You've got 200 miles of desert, and this is the last time to get gasoline. You're on the edge of the jungle. This is the last place for food. I'm not reading their headlines out of any deep sense of respect. It's simply the last stop. After here, you know, you just should just read fiction. Read fiction, read comic books. After this point in the story, read manga. Because everything else is worse. So these are the headlines from ZeroHedge.com as of 9.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time in Scompton, Utah on June the 7th, 2023, Wednesday. CNN Fire CEO Chris Licht after just 13 months... Rickards, colon, how does this end well? Oh, you know some CIA guys, you know Rickards. Do the biggest stocks still have room to run? WTI extends gains above pre-Saudi cut levels as Biden drains SPR for 10th straight week. Bank of Canada ends pause with unexpected rate hike to 4.75%, a 22-year high. Everyone should avoid the outdoors. 100 million Americans under air quality alerts as Canadian wildfire smoke blankets, blankets the East Coast. Normal. Ukraine nuclear plant safe for now, IAEA says, after Kakova, Kakova kept fucking bullshit damn in the Ukraine bullshit war collapses. Maybe it's happening. They're preparing the battleground in the Ukraine for more psyops. 
Taylor rule shows Fed has unfinished work on rates, probably. And then there were 11. Christie launches presidential campaign, hammers Trump by name, calls Trump a lonely, self-consumed, self-serving mirror, mirror, hog, yeah, mirror. Tucker's back in triumphant return, demolishes Ukraine dam propaganda, massacres MSM for ignoring UFO bombshell of the millennium. Instagram reinstates RFK Jr.'s account after he questions the ban on Twitter. Futures drift higher despite sharp drop in Chinese exports. Turkish lira craters 7% in record drop, hits all-time low as state banks retreat from defense. Who adopts European-style COVID-19 vaccine passports as part of new global digital health certificate? European-style. <laughs> That's a porn-up category. U.S. corn crop deteriorates after Midwest hit by worst drought in decades. Not surprised. San Fran's CRE, that's Commercial Real Estate Apocalypse, the city's two biggest hotels have defaulted. Shell pulls the plug on European retail energy arm. Iran's embassy in Saudi Arabia officially reopens after China brokered detente. These are your headlines. These are your zero hedge headlines. As of Wednesday, June the 7th, 2023, Bo 9.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Yeah. Next topic, right? So this particular um, subject matter comes from The Spectator. And it's an article. I'm going to read it. Um... Headline, and again, this is considered one of the most read articles in 2022. So this was actually published a number of months ago. Headline, Why is Canada Euthanizing the Poor? This is written by Yuan Yishu. And it was published on December the 31st, 2022. We're finishing the year by republishing our 10 most popular... Okay, here we go. There is an endlessly repeated witticism by the poet Anatole France, that the law, in its majestic equality, forbids the rich, as well as the poor, to sleep under bridges, to beg in the streets, and to steal bread. What France certainly did not foresee is that an entire country, with an ostentatiously progressive, and an ostentatiously progressive one at that, has decided to take his sarcasm at face value and to its natural conclusion. Since last year, Canadian law, in all its majesty, has allowed both the rich as well as the poor to kill themselves if they are too poor to continue living with dignity. In fact, the ever-generous Canadian state will even pay for their deaths. What it will not do is spend money to allow them to live instead of killing themselves. As with most slippery slopes, it all began with a strongly worded denial that it exists. In 2015, the Supreme Court of Canada reversed 22 years of its own jurisprudence by striking down the country's ban on assisted suicide as unconstitutional. 
blithely dismissing fears that the ruling would, would initiate a descent down a slippery slope into homicide against the vulnerable. As founded on anecdotal examples, the next year the parliament duly enacted legislation allowing euthanasia, but only for those who suffer from a terminal illness whose natural death was, was reasonably foreseeable. It only took five years for the proverbial slope to come into view when the Canadian Parliament enacted Bill C-7, a sweeping euthanasia law which repealed the reasonably foreseeable requirement and the requirement that the condition should be terminal. Now, as long as someone is suffering from an illness or disability which cannot be relieved under conditions that you consider acceptable, they can take advantage of what is now known as euphemistically as medical assist assistance in dying, or made for short, for free. Soon enough, Canadians from across the country discovered that although they would otherwise prefer to live, they were too poor to improve their conditions to a degree which was acceptable. Not coincidentally, Canada has some of the lowest social care spending of any industrialized country, Palliative care is only accessible to a minority, and waiting times in the public health care sector can be unbearable, to the, to the point where the same Supreme Court, which legalized euthanasia, declared those waiting times to be a violation of the right to life back in 2005. Many in the health care sector came to the same conclusion, even before Bill C-7 was enacted. Reports of abuse, abuse were rife. A man with a neurodegenerative a neurodegenerative disease testified to Parliament that the nurses and a medical ethicist at the hospital tried to coerce him into killing himself by threatening to bankrupt him with extra costs or by kicking him out of the hospital and by withholding water from him for 20 days. Virtually every disability rights group in the country opposed the new law. To no effect, though. For once, the government found it convenient to ignore these otherwise impeccably progressive groups. Since then, things have only gotten worse. A woman in Ontario was forced into euthanasia because her housing benefits did not allow her to get better housing, which didn't aggravate her crippling allergies, which, you know get better housing, which didn't aggravate her crippling al allergies. Another disabled woman applied to die because she simply cannot afford to keep on living. Another sought euthanasia because COVID-related debt left her unable to pay for the treatment, which kept her in chronic, in chronic pain and made it bearable. Under the present government, disabled Canadians got 600 in additional to financial assistance during COVID. University students got 5,000. When a family of a 35-year-old disabled man who resorted to euthanasia arrived at the care home where he lived, they encountered urine on the floor, spots where there was feces on the floor, spots where your feet were just sticking. Like if you stood at his bedside and when you went to, the, went to walk away, your foot was literally stuck. According to the Canadian government, the assisted suicide law is about prioritizing the individual autonomy of Canadians. One may wonder how much autonomy a disabled man lying in his own filth had in weighing death over life. Despite the Canadian government's insistence that assisted suicide is all about individual autonomy, it has also kept an eye on its fiscal advantages. Even before Bill C-7 entered into force, the country's parliamentary budget officer published a report about the cost savings it would create 
whereas the old maid regime saved $86.9 million per year, a net cost reduction, in the sterile words of the report, Bill C-7 would create an additional net savings of $62 million per year. Healthcare, particular for those suffering from chronic conditions, is expensive. But assisted suicide only costs the taxpayer 2327 per case. And of course, those who have to rely wholly on government-provided Medicare pose a far greater burden on the exchequer than those who have savings or private insurance. And yet, Canada's lavishly subsidized media, with some honorable exceptions, has expressed remarkably little curiosity about the open social murder of citizens in one of the world's wealthiest countries. Perhaps, like many doctors, journalists are afraid of being accused of being unprogressive for questioning a new culture of death, a fatal accusation in, in polite circles. Canada's public broadcaster, which in 2020 reassured Canadians that there was no link between poverty and choosing medically assisted death, has had little to say about any of the subsequent developments. Next year, the floodgates will open even further when those suffering from mental illness, another disproportionately poor group, become eligible for assisted suicide. Although enthusiastic doctors and nurses have already preempted the law, there is already talk of allowing mature minors to access euthanasia too. Just think of the lifetime savings. But remember, slippery slopes are always a fallacy. Once again, this was written by Yuan Yi Shu, and um, it was published at the end of last year, I think, as a repeat. I would say this before we continue. I have talked about this subject in a couple of previous podcasts. Um, I don't think I've come across this article before, but I might have. Um, and, and the reason why I'm bringing it up is it's sort of related to a podcast I did I did the other day, um, Antarctic Safe Zone, which was really just fiction, right? It's a story. I told you a story. I pulled some ideas together. I connected a few points. Doesn't mean anything in that story is true. However, if the governments of the world were to reveal at some point that the Arctic was in a death spiral, and the most logical outcome based on the science we understand would be radical shifts in the environment. Shifts that don't happen a hundred years from now. Shifts that happen in the next few years and happen rapidly. So rapidly, it's unlikely a lot of creatures would survive it to include humans. And again, I don't know that this is happening. If it is, it is something that might have always was always going to happen. Okay, so if for a moment I take off my helmet, you know, made of the Lord's love that I call Christianity, and I put on my helmet called secular atheist and look at this purely from a secular or scientific perspective, something potentially was always going to trigger this type of event. So even if we were the ones that triggered it, it was probably going to happen, and it might have been triggered a hundred years ago. That's the thing about stuff like this, is that it tends to creep up on you. 
You know, we talk about dominoes, you can talk about strange attractors, we can talk about tipping points. But when you're talking about the Arctic system, the permafrost, there are tipping points that are so present all the time that one wonders what tiny event might have triggered this. Like it could have been everything and nothing, if it's happening. And if it is happening, I can imagine governments going around and saying, but guess what? You don't have to live through this. You don't have to go through all this pain. You can choose to just, you know, die. I think the Canadians are trying to, to get ahead of the curve. I think you'll see this in every country where they start telling the truth, if this is the truth. And again, if I can for a moment put back on my helmet of Christ's love and tell you from a Christian perspective, even if this is the truth, much of this matches prophecy. It does. This type of event matches a lot of prophecy. It, it matches descriptions in the book of Daniel. It matches descriptions in Isaiah and other books. Does not mean that this is what it is. We can't really know. Christ told us this. We can't know for certain. But it looks suspect to me, and it looks like the Canadians are trying to get ahead of the queue. And as far as the article goes, we don't live in Christian times. Maybe we never did, but we certainly don't today. And when you look around and you say to yourself, how can this happen? Understand, everywhere you go in the United States today where homelessness is an issue, if you were to sit and listen to the real conversations those liberals are having, those conservatives are having, Democrats, Republicans, if you could sit in that coffee shop in Seattle and hear the wretched shit that comes out of their fucking mouths when they don't think anyone's listening, believe me, there's an island out in the Puget Sound that used to be a prison. I had people saying, we should just put them on the island. Put them all on this tiny little island. It's not very big. Take all the homeless in, in King County. At this point, if the number were honest, it'd probably be around 30,000. So take 30,000 people just from King County, add in Pierce, maybe you're talking 60,000. Hell, all of Washington State, let's just round up to 100,000. And take all 100,000 people in Washington State and put them on this island. And again, the excuse you'll hear from people, well, I didn't understand, and I don't know logistics, and I don't know things. You know, you, you were so ready to tell people that you were certain there was a magical monkey herpes floating around the air, killing people in Lombardy, Italy by the thousands, but mostly leaving little Saigon, Seattle alone. You were all just huge fucking experts in 2020. But you have no clue about the things you do. You're not aware of the consequences. What are consequences, really? Can't we just spend more money, Dan? If you were to listen to those conversations, it would be like you were at the Vonsi Conference. Okay? And again, the Vonsi Conference, I think it happened in the winter of 1942. That's where the actual architecture of the final solution was put together, you know. Yes, they had concentration camps already. They had ghettos. They had murder. But they hadn't put together the complete plan to formalize the murder. If you could listen to some of these liberal homeowners when they talk about homeless people, you might not be horrified. 
You might think your bungalow that has a broken foundation is worth 1.5 million, and more importantly, it's worth more than that family that's living up in the jungle along I-5. Maybe you do see it that way, I don't know. But if you expect me to be shocked by the fact that Canadians are going to let people who suffer from depression kill themselves, that does not shock me. I suffer from depression. I've had to deal with people dealing with my depression my whole fucking life. I've had all kinds of advice to include go kill yourself. So no, I'm not shocked by this Canadian thing. I would be more shocked if the Canadian people stood up and stopped it. That would be shocking. The fact that the Canadians are going to let depressed people kill themselves is not remotely fucking shocking at all. And it's a, it's a really depressing topic in and of itself that, you know, it's sort of like recursively depressing because you think to yourself, well, I guess if you suffer from depression, you, you must be worthless. You must be. If you have some chronic disease, whether it's a result of behavior or genetics or both, you must be worthless. If you need help to stay alive, you must be worthless. If you don't fit into society, you must be worthless. If you can't be slotted by a banker into some general account, you must be worthless. And I'll tell you something. A man is coming on a cloud. A man is returning one day, the Son of God, and he's going to remind everybody what has worth and what does not. Be careful what you call worthless. Be careful what you call garbage. The next time you see somebody homeless and you assume, oh, they're crazy or they're a drug addict, we can put them on McNeil Island, be fucking careful. Because you might find yourself one day needing help. One day you might be in the darkness looking for something, something to keep you alive. Be really fucking careful how you glance upon these people in the streets. I'm not telling you you have to give them 20 bucks, but at least you can recognize they are there. And maybe even more importantly, they're not garbage. Next topic. Sort of related, to tell you the truth, brothers and sisters. This is a reading from Proverbs 12.10. This is the Bible. The righteous care for the needs of their animals, but the kindest acts of the wicked are cruel. And when you think about it, you could apply that second part, that second clause, to the article I just read. Because there are a lot of Canadians who will say, well, this is kindness. It is kind to provide free suicide. It's expedient. It's cheap. It is, it is, in my opinion, probably the first country to do this. The United States will do it next. And I'll even make a bolder prediction. You're going to have Republicans voting for it. You're going to have Republicans and Democrats. It will simply pass. It will simply be a law. We will be one of those countries that allows this also. Very, very soon. Okay? If, if, if that's shocking to you then I think you're one of those people that thinks homeless people are garbage. 
The righteous care for the needs of their animals, but the kindest acts of the wicked are cruel. Now I'm going to read you an article. This article comes from a website I have not been to before. So if somebody emails me and says, Dan, this is a bogus website, email me, let me know. I have no reason to believe it's bogus. I got this link from somebody on social media that seems as if they exist, and I'm going to assume for now that they're a real person and they're not just posting garbage. But this article I'm about to read was published on June the 6th, 2023. It was written by Cheryl Hanna. And again, it's at PetRescueReport.com. Headline, Abandoned Dog Left to Starve on the Street in East Grand Rapids, Rescued by Good Samaritans. In East Grand Rapids, Michigan, an abandoned dog had been left to starve on a busy road. She had been lying in the middle of the road of Lakeside Drive, and the pathetic-looking pup caught the attention of Emily Bond and her husband. According to Hope for Hope, an abandoned dog in Grand Rapids' Facebook page, at first Bond's husband, who had been on been out walking the family dogs, thought the dog lying in the middle of the road had been hit by a car. But, but on closer inspection, it showed the dog was still alive, but little more than skin over bones. She had been too weak to stand or walk, and it is doubtful she got to the spot where she was found on her own. Concerned neighbors brought the dog food and water, and another neighbor took her to a nearby animal hospital. Rachel, who works for our park district, decided to scoop up Hope and get her to Cascade Animal Hospital, which is where she is currently being treated. Veterinarians guessed her age at about seven years, and it appeared she had been a breeding dog and had produced litter after litter. Then she was dumped. Rachel named her Hope because there, there had been a glimmer of hope she might survive. Cascade Animal Hospital does not have overnight staff, and Hope had been transferred to the Animal Emergency and Specialty Hospital. She is being monitored and treated with fluids, a feeding tube, and ultrasound testing. Her laboratory tests showed low blood sugar. She has since perked up with, a sugar, with sugar water. Her skin infections are being treated. Meanwhile, her white blood cell count remains high, and she is also being monitored and tested for kidney disease. Doctors were able to find rocks in her stomach, which is not uncommon for starving dogs. Hope's latest update is making everyone smile. So, you guys can read the rest of it. There was not much more here. Um, because this article goes between small and large font in kind of an unpredictable way, you can... Um, read the rest, but it looks like her kidneys are still being monitored, but she's had, you know, she's achieved some huge milestones in the last 24 hours. She, she's, maybe she's getting better, right? Um, walking around getting better. So there are some good pictures on this page, and the link is in the notes. Uh, I'm going to roll the dice and say this story is true. And I'm going to, for the same reason, I am not shocked that Canadians are going to let depressed people kill themselves for free. There is a lot of darkness in the world right now, unless you are blind. 
And, and there is evidence, if you're a Christian, that there is a spiritual war ongoing and great evil is being perpetrated in the name of this war. And you could suspect, reasonably, I flip a coin every day, that we could be on the edge of what some people call the end times, which really is just the end of a period. Not the end of the world, but definitely another period of time is coming. It's going to be, well, how can I put it? It's going to be very rough, very difficult. But whatever is happening, and, and it really is God's plan, there isn't just darkness. There isn't just evil. The devil didn't win yet, and I don't. And the devil's never going to win. So the devil hasn't won. And it's not all black. And there are people like the Bonds, like these folks out there. I know people like this. There are a lot of people out there who still give a shit. That doesn't mean they can do everything. But, but because they can't do everything, they haven't given in to cynicism. You can look at the world today and say, this is a drop in the bucket, Dan. How many dogs have you seen abandoned? How many dogs have you seen that look like they haven't had a meal in a while? What about little Shaggy? You remember Shaggy, Dan? He was out on these Mormon streets probably for six or seven months, like a giant, giant puff of fur. His little choke collar slowly being enveloped by flesh. Yeah. What about Shaggy? But then Shaggy was rescued. Shaggy did encounter people that don't totally suck. And I'm not talking about me. <laughs> On my tricycle, I used to speedily run away. He looked like a demon. And instead, it was just lonely and cold and hungry. And then one day in late December, December 2021, Bo Blimpdock, Little Shaggy showed up and decided to stay. He sat out in front of the house. We were able to feed him. They were able, not I, but my friends were able to cut the hair off of him, to remove the choke collar, eventually to get him fixed because how can I put this? <laughs> There's a Maury Povich show in this neighborhood. People like my friends. People like the Bonds. There are people out there, and it's not just about stray dogs. There are people out there helping other people. There are people practicing kindness. They exist. They're out there. And, and the question I often ask is, how powerful is kindness? How powerful is love? As a Christian, I should never ask that question. I should know as a matter of faith, there's no limit to its power. How powerful is kindness? How powerful is being able to take one fish and feed 5,000? How powerful is, able, is it to be able to take one loaf of bread and feed five or 10,000? How powerful is it to show kindness and change the world? And the answer is, as a Christian, we have evidence of this. This is something that's part of our beliefs, our, our, our way of living. Kindness is powerful, and you don't have to be a Christian to practice it. Do I, I think being a Christian can help? Yeah, for a lot of reasons, but you don't have to be. All you have to do is try. All you have to do is for a moment not make the worst assumptions about people. All you have to do is put down your smart device for a second and get an idea of what's going on around you right now. Right now. Are you on the bus heading to Microsoft? Are you on your walk around Green Lake? Are you somewhere in Salt Lake City? Are you in Scompton, Utah in the middle of nowhere? 
Look around you right now and ask yourself, would a would would some act of kindness help anything around me? And and there's a good chance that that it would. There's a good chance there's somebody in your life that needs your help or even just a stranger who lives down the street. And I guess what I I would say is roll the dice that the kindness can be powerful. I mean, it's easy in the darkness, especially when you think about a poor dog like this dog, about hope. I mean, hope was used up to produce puppies so those puppies could be sold. And probably there are people out there doing the same thing to those puppies that that, that these people did to hope and then taking them and dumping them someplace like they're garbage. But they're not. A big piece of healing this world, if we ever get a chance to, a huge chunk of the work to do in healing the planet and healing each other is to recognize that none of this is actually garbage. None of it. Yes, there's garbage you put into a burn barrel and you burn your burn barrel. Yes, there's garbage that you have to deal with and maybe you have to bury it. But if we lived life with more wisdom, we might find out that a lot of the things we call garbage are not. And if we confronted life not from the perspective of throwaway, from the perspective of garbage, maybe something like assisted suicide for depressed people would be shocking. Would be shocking to people. Would wake them up, maybe. Because when you start to recognize that these people and these stray dogs, this planet of ours, the land, the soil, the the rivers, that it's all of it together. It's not perfect, but it's not fucking garbage. It was never meant to be turned into garbage. We, We can start there, and then we can try to be kind. Kind to the world, kind to each other, and it doesn't mean you have to give 20 bucks to every homeless person. It doesn't mean you have to pull every stray dog off the street. But if there is a moment today on this day, Wednesday, June the 7th, 2023, when you can step aside and help somebody, try doing it. Try seeing people, other humans, not as enemies or opponents or Republicans or Democrats or this person wore a mask and this person didn't. Throw away all that garbage. It's being fed to you to turn your heart to stone, to poison your soul. Throw that away. Put on new glasses through which you can see clearly. What if there's something magical, tangible about kindness? What if we simply tried kindness more often and let go of hate? What if we can confront the brutal facts of life without becoming a brute? What if we can still heal the world? These are big, whimsical questions for a burned-out, middle-aged programmer, really. And, and I wish I could tell you something straight that would help you instantly see through this. I can't. I can offer you the wisdom of go to the Bible. I can offer you the wisdom of pray. Pray to the Lord in heaven. I can say to you that there is power in the words of Jesus, and there is a path to a kinder world there. But you have to do the work, too. You have to commit yourself to the effort.
Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish I could give you a better answer than what I've given you. Um, I I struggle with a way to express my thoughts on a story like the story about the dog or the story about Canada facilitating depressed people killing themselves and maybe even allowing this for young people. It's kind of horrible because the thing about depression is, okay, A, because you're depressed, it doesn't mean you're going to go kill yourself. B, if you're depressed, having people around you telling you to kill yourself is not helpful. And that's the problem. It's not the case that depressed people, all depressed people want to go die. It's not that fucking simple. But if you had a person, you know, ch talking into your ear, you know, feeding you lies, feeding you bullshit, like a worm in your ear, just telling you nothing but poison, and you were in a really bad depression, could that doctor, could that therapist convince you to go ahead and take the assistance? And even worse than that, what if the insurance company or the government, what if everybody starts giving that therapist points for everybody they send down the line? And before you say that's crazy, I'm pretty certain hospitals got checks for a lot of people that died of the quote-unquote COVID in 2020 and 2021. And they might still be getting checks for that bullshit. So if you think this is something that, that hospitals and doctors wouldn't do, you are fooling yourself. But imagine, though, for a second, that the people in the life of that person suffering from depression stepped in and said, this is wrong. It doesn't matter if it's legal, it's wrong. And we're going to do everything we can to convince you to not do it. Imagine if the people of Canada really thought on this one and understood how dangerous it was and said this must stop. It doesn't take everybody to change the world. It doesn't. It never was like that. It just takes enough people. It, it just takes enough. And that is a magical number the word enough that I think Christ knows the number of, but I don't know. I don't know what the magical number is. It takes enough people to keep a society free. It also takes enough people to turn a society into a police state. It takes enough people to actually change the situation for homeless people to the better, and it takes enough people to make the situation worse. That's the magical number. You've got to convince enough people to change in the right direction. And as a reminder, if you suffer from depression and you're listening to me, you're not garbage. You're not crap. You're not garbage. You're not throwaway. You're not disposable. If you have people whispering into your ear, why don't you get, go get the free suicide? Why don't you say, why don't you ask them why they, they don't do it? You know, return their favor. But better yet than that, try to ignore it. And try to remember that you're not garbage. If everybody in your life is feeding you darkness, then find the light. It's still out there. I'm not going to say it's easy. It's not. I ended up in the middle of nowhere, Utah, to find a little bit of the dying light. It, it's still out there. It's just not 
everywhere any longer. And it's not easy to find. And if you live in a city, you might think the light is out. So I think it takes some effort. And maybe that's hard. But my suggestion is ignore the voices that tell you to kill yourself. There are going to be a lot of them this year in Canada that do that. So do your best to fight against that evil. Next topic. So I gained some weight because of my injury back in December. And I really think I need to lose that weight. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start trying to exercise more and to, to do the you know the dietary things I should do, maybe even reduce my beer intake. <laughs> Not yet. I'm going to start roiding out. Taking human growth hormone and other stale intoxicants that will reshape my midsection and lead to greater lives through science. I'm going to start eating vegetables and clean, fresh mountain sprites. I'll live off of the dirt, the dirt magnets and steal the spark from old Chem, the gardener. I'd, I'd see my six-pack abs break out as a woman's boobula burst like a blood blister. And ain't nobody going to stop me. Ain't no one going to care, I'll tell you. I'm going to start time traveling again. I'll go back to 1833 and make love the Duchess Sheba as I ingrubulate her boobula and stroke her strength. Clever forgers will make me guardian fists and glowing gauntlets and I'll have the eel pie after the old lady dies. I'm gonna, dude. I'm going to find my kids. I got kids sprayed all over South Korea and Indiana and Tennessee and Washington State. Some in Chicago and Texas. I got so many kids all over the place, stuck to walls, dried onto some bit of paper towel or old sock. My kids scream in the night for their papa, for their cozy land. I'm going to find my kids. I'm going to win big. I'll head to Wall Street and open up a trading account with Black and Streakly. I'll trade pork bellies for lemon juice. I'll do a smoothie arbitrage as I drink my orange Julius and marvel at my brand new suit. Next year, my underwear model wife will love me. I'm going to. I'm going to become a pirate. My airship dirigible will patrol the skies in search of easy prey. I'll grab a, a 747 filled with fat boomers headed to Vegas and chop up their gold teeth and toss the freaking droogs from the commie altitude understood by Pinochet. I'll be a pirate. Eat their steak, I say. 
I'm going to get abducted by aliens. I'll camp out at Skinwalker Ranch and summon Charlo, the regal spunk, and await my reaming. They'll come down in laser ships armed with wharf bundles and hammer squid. Those aliens, they'll rape me. Those alien it will anally rape me. They'll rape me for hours and hours and then wipe my memory. I'm gonna get abducted by aliens and get raped. I'm gonna heal the black community. I'm going to get on in there with my white ginger ways and teach them Celtic love magic. I'll caress the true hearts of African-American power and bring greater joy to Wakanda and South Chicago. The street warriors will bow to me as Hag Lord Ruler. I'm gonna. If you like this podcast and I have no idea why, you can donate to it. Um, there'll be a link to PayPal in the notes. Here's the here's the disclaimer, the disclosure. Here's the hidden print. Um, take care of your food, your water, your shelter first. There are people in your life that might need some help. Help them. They probably need the help more than I do. If you're setting aside food for yourself, just in case there ain't no food, and at this point, I think that's coming, whatever scenario is ahead, set aside some food for your pet. If you have a dog or a cat or a fish or a parrot, my heart is out there for little doggos, but set aside some food for your pet when you're thinking about stockpiling food for yourself. And try to make sure that you've got a little bit of extra cash. I think cash is going to turn to trash at some point, but until it does, it's going to be the liquidity that allows you to get by. So set, a, set aside a little if you, if you can afford to. And on top of all this, try to find some joy in your day. You know, it needs to be repeating, repeated. I need to repeat it over and over again to remind myself and as the title of the podcast goes, don't forget the light. Yeah, there's there's tough times. There's tough times, and they could get tougher. They could get really tough. And yet, there's still going to be people like my friends, and there's still going to be the bonds, you know, the folks that saved the little dog Hope, and there's still going to be the friends I have out there who, from lots of places. You know, places I've never been. I never met them in person. I got a friend in Florida, a friend in Alabama. I got friends in Pennsylvania. You name it, Texas, the UK. I got friends in Washington State. And in their own ways, they've helped me. You know, yeah, they've donated money to the podcast, and that definitely helps. But they've helped me in other ways that are just as important. Don't forget that even though... Not enough people are like those people. More and more people are. And maybe it's a matter of changing the dynamic. Since 2020, people have become infected with evil, infected with cruelty, infected with hatred, 
So maybe we need to change the pathogen. Maybe we need to change the dynamic. Maybe we need to spread a little bit of love. And yeah, that's me saying it. Dan, I can't believe you're saying it. I'm going to say it. Okay, you can donate to my podcast. I can use the money. If you're a Texas billionaire with with two six-shooters going pew, pew, pew in the air as you ride on your horse and you don't know what to spend your money on, you can send it to me. But as important as it is to take care of food, water, shelter, as important as it is to find a little bit of joy, it is as important to not forget the light. It's still out there. Yeah, there are some dark days ahead, but there are still lights. There are still people out there that glow with love, that glow with kindness that really do change the dynamic of the world and they make hard times less difficult and good times better. So for Wednesday, Wednesday, June the 7th, 10, you know, 2023, Bob Limpdoc, it is around 10, 17 a.m. Mountain Standard Time here in Scompton, Utah, June the 7th, 2023. Can you believe it? Go out there today. Don't be ignorant. Don't play stupid. Don't take on the cloak of naivete. Don't be taken advantage of. But along with all that, don't forget that there is still light. And there is still light worth protecting. There is still kindness. And there is kindness that will be done to you and maybe even by you. There's still love and there's still a little dog out there named Hope. Have a great day.